Thank you, worship team. Man, what a great way to start the service. Well, good morning, guys. Welcome to Alpine Church. It's great to be back in Layton. Haven't been down here for about, I think it's been about eight weeks since I was here last, and just excited to be with you. And if you're here for the first time, I just want to say again, we are super excited that you're worshiping with us. We hope you feel very welcome here today. If you have any questions, make sure you connect with us at our, at our welcome desk on the way out. Today, we are in week four of our core values series, where we're talking about how we do what we do at Alpine Church. And anytime you look at the core values of any organization, whether it's a church, a business, a sports team, the core values should exist to drive that organization towards its mission. And if you've attended Alpine Church for any length of time, I hope you know our mission is to help people pursue God. That is the what that we do. We exist to help people go full circle in a relationship with God. That means that we start by showing them that they need to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, that that's how you begin that relationship. And then that once they've done that, we, we hope to help them to learn how to live a life that honors God, you know, find out what pleases God and do it. And then lastly, that they mature in their faith by helping the next person pursue God. That is the mission of Alpine Church. And we're never going to stop reminding you about the mission of Alpine Church. I like to look at this core value series as the playbook for how we're going to accomplish the mission. This is how we're going to help more people pursue God. And I got to tell you guys, I'm pumped. Like this, this series has me jacked up. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's really be bought in and let's really see what God does. Because I guarantee you, if we really buy into these core values, if we really live them out, God is going to do something amazing through Alpine Church. He's going to help more people pursue God. We're going to look back on it and we're going to be blown away. And we're going to say, God, we just want to give you all the glory. And we want to thank you that you let us play a small part in it. It's just so clear to me that if we as a church embrace these values and really live them out, more people will pursue God here in northern Utah. I mean, think about it. If every husband and wife really looked to God and his word and everything they did, like we talked about in week one, how would that transform our marriages? How would that transform the relationships that parents have with their children? And the people around us couldn't help but notice. Or if we really worked hard at healthy relationships like we talked about in week two, that would bring so much peace and joy into our lives and the culture around us couldn't help but notice. And they'd want to know what's going on at Alpine Church. Or the value we looked at last week Right? We give up the things we love for the things we love more. I don't think we can really even comprehend how drastically that would transform our church if we really all did that. There would be no three or four week recruiting campaign for kids church if we all did that. We would have a surplus of kids church volunteers. Because people would step up and say, you know what, I'm willing to give up a little sleep. I'm willing to give up a little comfort. I'm willing to give up a little peace and quiet for something that I love more. That's helping our kids pursue God. It would transform every service team we have here at our campuses if we really bought into that. If we really bought into that with our finances, if we really managed our finances through the lens of let's give up things we love for the things we love more, every ministry at Alpine would have more than enough money it needs to do what God has called us to do. If we really buy in, guys, I'm telling you, God is going to do something amazing. 
Now, today's core value is the one that is most closely associated with the mission. Core value number five, we're on mission with Jesus. He's the head of the church, and his commission is our command. Jesus is the head of the church. That means he's in charge. That means he gets to call the shots, and his commission is our command. And that leads us to the first point for today's sermon. We exist to make disciples because Jesus said so. Helping people pursue God is a matter of obedience to the Great Commission. See, the Great Commission isn't a suggestion. It isn't optional. It's a command. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. This is really a matter of obedience, of submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. And we're going to spend almost the whole sermon in Matthew 28, a passage you're all familiar with. We call it the Great Commission. Because this is where the command of Jesus comes from. And we're going to really dig into it today. So Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I don't think Jesus could have been any clearer. There's nothing vague about the way he explains it. We are to go and make disciples. And it just seems strange to me that so many Christians who would never excuse away the other commands of Jesus, excuse away this one. Right? I mean, you don't see very many Christians who are genuinely trying to live a life that honors God say, well, I know God said, thou shalt not steal, but my company doesn't really need all that money, and that new car I want looks pretty nice, right? We wouldn't see that. Or I know God said, do not commit adultery, but my coworker's pretty attractive, and my spouse and I just aren't connecting. We, we don't see that. We don't see that very often. I mean, it happens from time to time, but we don't see that very often with people who are genuinely trying to live a life that honors God in other areas, but yet with this command, we see it all the time. We see so many Christians who are trying to honor God in the other areas of their lives, but they fail to be obedient to the Great Commission. And I'm not trying to be harsh, and I just confess, like, I've been there too. <laughs> I have definitely been disobedient to the Great Commission at times in my life. I've let fear or inconvenience or other reasons keep me from telling people about Jesus. But guys, we have got to get serious about being on mission with Jesus We've got to get serious about being obedient to this command. If I look how Jesus starts off the command in verse 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. That's how Jesus starts it off. Jesus' command flows from his authority. I want you to take just a second and try and put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Right, because the disciples have just been through some crazy stuff right before Matthew 28. They've seen Jesus get brutally beaten and tortured and executed, and they see him die on the cross, and with it, it seems like all their hopes are shattered. They're at the lowest of lows. But then they see an empty tomb, and things start to rise just a little bit. And then they encounter the risen Jesus. They see him face to face. They talk to him. They touch him. And now they're on the highest of highs. And I'm sure a lot of things are finally starting to click in their minds. But you got to know their heads were spinning. 
And Jesus has one last opportunity to talk to them, one last opportunity to encourage them and give them their marching orders before he ascends into heaven. And he starts out by asserting his authority, by asserting his deity, really, if you think about it. Because if Jesus isn't fully God, then this is blasphemy. If Jesus isn't fully God, then there's no way all authority in heaven and on earth is his, but Jesus is fully God. And so he wants to make it crystal clear to the disciples, all authority on heaven and earth is mine. And it's because of this authority that he gives the command. It's kind of like the preemptive way of saying, because I said so. Any of you guys have parents like that when you were a kid and they would ask you to do something? You're like, why, mom? And she said, because I'm the mom and I said so. (laughs) Or your dad said, because I'm the dad and I said so. I'm actually so glad my parents answered that way from time to time. Now, they didn't always answer that way. Sometimes they explained themselves. But I'm so glad that my parents taught me how to learn how to submit to authority. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's cutting it off ahead of time with the disciples. He's saying, because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Right? My translation, Jesus said, because I'm the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And I said so. And that really should be the only reason that we need, because Jesus said so. That leads us into point number two for today. We are passionate about making full circle disciples. Spiritual maturity isn't just about us. It's also about helping others. See, helping people pursue God has always been the mission at Alpine Church. We're going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary next week, and I hope each and every one of you guys are going to come and celebrate with us over at the D Events Center. We're going to celebrate how faithful God has been over the last 20 years, His mercy to Alpine Church, how He has used us to help people pursue Him. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, as we've been preparing for that, we've been listening to some of the very early messages that Pastor Brian gave at Alpine. In fact, on my way down this morning, I just listened to the fifth sermon he ever taught at Alpine. The title of that sermon was Pursuing God. That's always been the mission. But what I love about Alpine is over the years, we have brought more and more clarity to exactly what we mean by that. What do we mean by helping people pursue God? What do we mean by making disciples? Because all churches say they want to make disciples. All churches would say they want to help people pursue God. But I love the clarity that we've brought. And so at Alpine, we use the language making full circle disciples. If you've been here for any length of time, you've seen this diagram, right? That a full circle pursuit of God means we start by trusting Jesus. We recognize that we're broken, that we're sinners, That our relationship with a holy, perfect God has been broken because of our rebellion, because of our choices, and there's nothing we can do to fix it. But we trust that what Jesus did on the cross is sufficient, that his sacrifice was enough. And then once we've done that out of gratitude and out of thanksgiving for what God has done for us, we want to live a life that honors him. We want to find out what pleases him and we want to do it. And then lastly, we want to mature in our faith. And the best way to do that is by helping someone else pursue God. Tell the next person who comes along about what Jesus has done for us. That's what we meet at Alpine when we say making full circle disciples. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way to talk about discipleship. I'm not saying that other churches who articulate it differently are wrong. But that is how we articulate it here. And there's something very powerful about having a shared language. 
There's something very powerful that happens when you say making full circle disciples and everyone in the room knows exactly what you're saying. They have clarity on exactly what we mean by that. And there's evidence of this power of a shared language all around us. Right? If, you, if you're an In-N-Out fanatic or if you work there and you go in and you order an animal style, right? Every In-N-Out in the country knows exactly what you mean when you say animal style. There's power in a shared language. If you play football for Mountain Crest High School, you know what red empty 49er F under means. Or at least you should. I've got some freshmen who are really struggling, so if you could pray for them and pray for me, I'd really appreciate it. Imagine the chaos we would have in our hospitals if healthcare professionals didn't have a shared language. In fact, here's what God says in Genesis chapter 11. He's talking about the people who are building the Tower of Babel, right? And this is what he says. If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible to them. There's power in a shared language. So I hope everyone here is crystal clear on what we mean by making full circle disciples. And this idea of a full circle pursuit of God comes straight from Matthew 28. We didn't come up with this on our own. Remember core value number one? We look to God and His Word and all that we do. Well, that goes for our mission. Our mission comes straight out of Matthew 28. This idea of a full circle pursuit of God. Let's just break it down. I'll show you what I mean. There we go. Start with the trust Jesus arrow. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This means that discipleship starts with evangelism. That you and I are called to go to people who don't know Jesus, who are far from God, and tell them about Jesus. Tell them about this God who loves them so much that he gave his son that they could have a relationship with him. These are people who haven't yet trusted in Jesus for their salvation. See, for so many churches, discipleship only carries the idea of helping a Christian become a better Christian. That's part of it. We're going to talk about that in just a second. That's truth number two. But discipleship starts with a command to go to the lost. You and I are supposed to be going. Go to the people in your family. Go to the people in your neighborhood. Go to the people in your workplace. Go to the people at the gas station. We're supposed to go. You can invite them to church. Invite them to our 20th anniversary service next week. We work really hard to make our worship services minimize the awkwardness for a first-time guest. Now, you don't completely eliminate it because it just is awkward when you come to church for the first time and you haven't been, but we try to minimize that. And I think Alpiners are great at being invitational to our big events like Easter and Christmas Eve, but why wait till then? We should be invitational every single week. We should be inviting people to church. But did you know that's not God's primary strategy to reach the lost? God's primary strategy is not that the lost would come. It's that we would go. That we would go and make an impact in our circle of influence. That we would go and tell people about Jesus. That we would go and preach the gospel. In fact, Ephesians 4.11 says it like this. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service. In other words, my primary responsibility as a pastor, Pastor John's primary responsibility here at Layton is to equip the saints, that's you, to do the work of the ministry. To equip you to be able to go out and have conversations with people that you love about Jesus. 
to equip you to help the next person pursue God. And hopefully our sermons on Sundays do that. That's the goal of every sermon. We hope you leave here equipped. Hopefully your time in your small group does that. The resources at PursueGod.org were developed just to do that, just to equip you so that you can go. So let's be a church that recognizes that discipleship starts with evangelism. It starts with going to the lost. Then we see the second arrow, honor God. Again, this comes straight out of Matthew 28, guys. Jesus says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. See, God's word has so much to say about how we live, but we don't automatically know it when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And think about it, so much of what God's word says about how we should live is counterintuitive to what culture says, and it's definitely the opposite of what our sinful nature wants to do. Like, I love how God's economy is upside down from the world's economy, but I didn't know that when I first put my faith in Jesus Christ. I had to learn that. I had to have somebody come along and and help me with that. Because God says some crazy things. God says, if you want to be first, you have to be last. If you want to lead, you have to serve. If you want to really be free, you have to learn how to submit to my authority. Who thinks like that before they meet Jesus? Nobody. But that's God's economy. We have to learn that. So how do we help people learn to live lives that honor God? Well, again, hopefully our, our Sunday worship services are part of that. Hopefully when you leave or after a sermon, you've learned things that you can do to honor God with your life. Our small groups, I think, are super helpful in this area because at small group, that's where you really get to break down God's word and apply it to your personal situation. So I I just want to throw a plug in as we head into the fall. I know we've got some small group recruiting coming up and things like that. If you're not connected to a small group, if you really want to grow, if you really want to learn how to live your life in a way that honors God, get connected to a small group. We also talk about mentors all the time at Alpine because we really believe that's one of the easiest ways for you to grow in your faith, for you to learn to live a life that honors God because the reality is, guys, we all have blinders. We all have areas in our life where we don't recognize we're not living in a way that honors God. But to have that relation with someone who can help us, who can encourage us, who can pray for us, that's why we hope that everyone has a mentor and is a mentor here at Alpine Church. As we head into this last year, I just want to point out that when Jesus said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, that includes the command he gave in the previous sentence. Go and make disciples. When we bring someone to Christ, we should be telling them very early on, one of the commands they need to be obedient to is to go and make disciples. See, we say that we make disciples, we mature by helping others. I think... Many Christians confuse maturity with biblical knowledge. Biblical knowledge is not maturity. Biblical knowledge is a part of maturity. If we're to look to God and His Word and all we do, then certainly biblical knowledge is important. But you can have a lot of biblical knowledge, and if it doesn't change the way you think, the way you speak, the way you act, then you're not really maturing in your relationship with God. And this vertical aspect of our relationship with God should carry over into all the other relationships that we have. It should drive us to want to help people pursue God. You and I are commanded to go and make disciples. That might mean to go to another country like the Benetsons did when they responded to God's call to go to Ethiopia. It might mean to go into your classroom at school when school starts next week. 
It might mean to go into the locker room and talk to your teammates. But however it looks in your life, we are called to go. Full circle discipleship. I hope we all are crystal clear on what that means here. And we are so serious about God's call on us to go and do this and about God's call on us as leaders to equip you that we've created resources to help you with that. If you've been coming to Alpine for any length of time, you probably know about the resources at PursueGod.org and about our partner page that's been created and shaped just for Alpiners. And these resources are vetted. They're trusted. It's content that you can use to meet people right where they are today no matter where they are spiritually. You can have conversations with the lost that will lead them to Jesus. You can have conversations with Christians that will show them how to live in a way that honors God. And you can help equip the next person to go help somebody else pursue God. Just in the last two months, I've used those resources to have conversations with a couple whose marriage is really struggling. And they're in the process of trying to rebuild trust. I've used those resources to walk along beside a guy who's struggling with an addiction and he fell off the wagon and he's trying to put the pieces back together. I've used those resources to talk to a new believer about how God wants purity for the relationship that he has with him and his girlfriend. About three weeks ago, I had one of the greatest conversations I've ever had. I got to go through the Galatians series with my future daughter-in-law, my son's fiance, and I got to hear her make a public profession of faith. I got to hear her clearly articulate the gospel. Do you know how awesome that was for me as a dad? Do you know the burden that took off my shoulders? Because I didn't know if she was a believer up until that point. I knew she believed in Jesus, but I didn't know if she believed Jesus. I didn't know if she believed that he really is who he said he is. And I got to hear her clearly articulate that salvation is Jesus plus nothing. And I'm so grateful that our our leadership at Alpine is committed to making resources so that I could have that conversation with her and it wasn't awkward. I just simply said, hey, what do you think about this Galatians series we've been going through at church? Would you want to go through some of the small group videos and dig into it deeper? And she said, yeah, I'd love that. It wasn't awkward at all. And not only did I get to hear make a profession of faith, but now my wife and I can use those resources to help her grow in her relationship with Jesus. Do you know what a blessing that is to me as a dad? You guys have opportunity to use those same resources for those same conversations. I'm so thankful that from the very beginning, Pastor Brian and the leaders at Alpine have been committed to equipping the people to do the work of the ministry. And I don't know how to say it any more bluntly than this, but we are without excuse. We have the command, we have the resources, and most importantly, we're not alone. That brings us to our last point for today's sermon. Every believer is qualified to make disciples. Jesus goes with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I know some of you right now are thinking, I'm just not qualified. I don't have enough biblical knowledge. Or, or John, I would feel like a hypocrite trying to help somebody learn to live a life that honors God because I've got areas in my life that I'm not there yet. Well, can I just remind you that the opposite of hypocrisy is not perfection. The opposite of hypocrisy is authenticity. If people waited until they had every area of their life cleaned up before they helped someone pursue God, how many people would help someone pursue God? Zero. Because it doesn't happen this side of heaven. <laughs> You're not all cleaned up this side. Of, it just doesn't work that way. Do you think Peter had all his issues worked out before he started telling people about Jesus? None of the disciples did. 
We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be authentic. That's why in our full circle language, we say that we mature by helping others. I don't know how God does it, but I know this. You want to see victory in your life in certain areas, you go help someone else. You get out of your own skin. You get out of your own shell. You go help someone else, and God will start bringing victory into your life. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. I've seen it in my own life. Go help the next person. And I love the way Jesus ends the Great Commission. Jesus says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What an amazing promise from our Lord and Savior. I hope that gives you comfort today. I hope that gives you encouragement today that Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, our core value is we're on mission with Jesus, not on mission for Jesus. I cannot stress the importance of the preposition enough. So shout out to all you grammar junkies out there. High school English teacher, okay? We're on mission with Jesus. We're not on mission for Jesus. Jesus didn't send us out on our own and say, hey, go get him, tiger. Let me know how it goes. We're on mission with Jesus. He's with us every step of the way. The Great Commission is a co-mission. He's doing the hard stuff that only he can do. Jesus never called us to change someone's heart. Jesus never called us to save anyone. Only he can do those things. That gives me so much encouragement, so much peace to know that's not on me. Jesus just said, you be obedient and go and make disciples. He'll build his church. You be faithful. He'll do the hard part. And I love that he provides the power that we need for that to happen. Here's how Jesus encouraged his disciples as he sent them out in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now there's a specific order here. Jesus didn't say, you'll be my witnesses everywhere, telling people about me, and then you'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Then you'll be filled by the Holy Spirit. No. There's a specific order. He said, first you'll be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew that they wouldn't be successful if they tried to do it on their own. In fact, if you back up a little bit in chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5, Jesus commands them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He commands them to not go out and be his witnesses until they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because he knew they couldn't do it on their own. He knew that this was something worth waiting for. He knew that God would fulfill his promise. But once they did receive the Holy Spirit, they were to be witnesses Witnesses everywhere, first in Jerusalem. So for us, that would be in our neighborhoods, in our communities. That's, that's right around the corner. And then he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Samaria. Now, this idea of being a witness in Samaria just, that doesn't just mean just a little further away. It actually means being a witness to your enemies. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. A pious Jew wouldn't even talk to a Samaritan. And yet Jesus says, you're going to be my witnesses there. What would that look like for you? Who is that people group that you just struggle with? Maybe it's somebody on the other side of the political aisle from you. Maybe it's someone who practices a different religion than you do. Maybe it's people who eat Miracle Whip instead of mayonnaise. I mean, some people are hard to love. I mean, it's, oh. But whoever it is, God says, you're going to be my witnesses to them. You're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And unlike the disciples who he told to wait, when do you and I receive the promised Holy Spirit? 
The moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, so there's no reason for us to wait. We shouldn't wait. We have everything we need. Jesus goes with us, and the Spirit empowers us to go and make disciples. Core value number five, we're on mission with Jesus. He's the head of the church, and his commission is our command. Guys, just from personal experience, there is nothing more fulfilling, there's nothing more satisfying than pursuing God and helping somebody else do the same thing. There's no better way to spend your time. There's nothing that that you can do that will bring you just more, more satisfaction, more enjoyment, And it's my prayer, and and I'll tell you, I've been praying this every day since we started this series. It's my prayer that we'd be all in on core value number five. That as a church, Alpine Church would be known as a group of people who are on mission with Jesus. We'd be all about making full circle disciples. And, And my prayer is that we would do it this week. There's no better time than right now. That this week you'd invite somebody to church. That this week you'd go out and have a personal conversation with someone in your circle of influence about Jesus. That this week you'd serve some, someone in a way where you're the hands and feet of Jesus. Because here's what I do know. Jesus is going to build his church. That's a given. He is faithful. He will build his church. The question is, are we going to be obedient and join him in that? Because if we do, we're going to look back and we're going to give God so much praise that we got to be a part of something amazing at Alpine Church. Let's pray. Lord God, as I think about your faithfulness to Alpine over the last 20 years, just as you've carried us through, as you've protected us, as you've blessed us, God, I am excited for the next 20 years. And God, I, I, I do pray. I pray that the next 20 years will be marked by a people who are on mission with Jesus. I pray that the next 20 years at Alpine, God, would be a season where we're all in on core value number five. And God, I pray that you would just bring in multitudes. I pray that as we go out like you've called us to do, that people would respond. I pray that you'd redeem northern Utah. That you would just do an amazing work. That you would receive so much glory and honor. And that we'd be able to look back and just just be grateful that we were a part of it. God, I want to thank you that that you are with us. I've been thinking about it a lot this week, and I I am so grateful that we're not on mission for Jesus. I'm so grateful that we're on mission with Jesus. That Jesus, you are right there every step. That you're doing only the the hard things that only you can do. God, I just just want to also lift up anyone here who who doesn't know you who they're looking at this circle and they're like, I've never trusted Jesus. God, I just pray that you would just move them forward, that they would ask questions, that they would seek, uh, that, that, that they would know that you're big enough for their questions. God, we love you. We thank you. And we pray that we'd be obedient to your commission. In Jesus' name, amen.